calling all TopCast listeners. Please help us crowdsource the topic to address in the recorded live TopCast session at the 2023 OLC Accelerate Conference. Please use the following short URL and share it with colleagues. Get ready to write it down right now. Pause and then write this one down. Bitly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash vote, V-O-T-E underscore TopCast live 2023. That's bit.ly slash vote underscore TopCast live 2023. Please take a moment right now and quickly respond to the topic poll. Share it with a colleague. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Here's the show. When you realize what your future can be, you want to do it right. UCF Online offers more than 100 fully online programs, plus personalized support from success coaches, so you can get to the future that's right for you. From the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning and the University of Louisville's Delphi Center for Teaching and Learning, I'm Tom Cavanaugh. I'm Kelvin Thompson. And you are listening to TopCast, the teaching online podcast. Greetings, Kelvin. Greetings, Tom. How's it going? Good, good. Although I'll give fair warning, it is an afternoon in Mm. the summer in Central Florida where I'm sitting, so there may be the occasional flash and a boom (laughs) if you hear that in the background. Do not be alarmed. It is just the weather. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm getting nostalgic now. (laughs) Afternoon, uh, Florida hurricane, I mean thunderstorm. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it stays at the thunderstorm, thunderstorm level. Here's here's hoping. And I guess we should say uh, to all of us, uh, this episode will uh, come out at a time that it will be appropriate for us to say, "Happy New School Year!" Labor Day is behind us. It's uh, we're we're into it now. No matter when we it are. started, we're nobody's nobody hasn't started at this point probably. Yeah, I was saying to somebody the other day in the office, gird your loins. <laughs> the, the ravening hordes are coming. The ravening uh, hordes. Soon, soon they will be here, coming great, over the wall. A great college mascot. We're the ravening hordes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we love, we love our ravening hordes. We mm. appreciate them and want that's every true. single one of them to come here and succeed. Yes, that's, that is correct. Well, I see you partaking of beverage. Should I... Ask what you're drinking? Sure. Um, I've actually got an iced coffee today because Mm. it is summer in Central Florida and it can get a bit warm out there. So nothing like a refreshing afternoon iced coffee with a little, I know you don't like it, but a little vanilla Mm. flavor to be, to spice it up. Sure. Yeah. I'm I'm not opposed to flavors other than coffee, but, you know, sparingly, sparingly, Mm -hmm. you know. I didn't overdo it this time. Sometimes I have a... Tendency to overdo it. A little little coffee with your spice. Yeah. yeah. Your froof. That's right. I am using uh, my first use of my uh, newest uh, cup in the Kelvin's Cup collection, the What Would Dolly Do uh, mug. Uh, and uh, I got it down the road in Nashville. And the guy I got it from, he does all these um, caricatures of famous uh, musicians. And so he has this Dolly Parton caricature on one side and what would Dolly do on the other side? And he has all this, you know, he has all kinds of uh, caricatures, you know, artist sells stuff. I'm like, I 
I like a good story. I like the Dolly as a, you know, as a role model or whatever, and very human kind of kind of thing. So, so I am I, I am into starting my attempt at a connection. By the way, so the, the part of it's in the mug, and in the mug is a uh, single origin Kenya, and it's something of a call back from the past in that we've shared a coffee previously, you and I have shared uh, it from the same coffee provider. Uh, and rather than coming from some big faceless company, this coffee comes to me from a colleague whose family roasted it on site at their farm. So this is part of the batch sent in by colleague and Topcast listener, Leah Sharan Davis. So I'll say the coffee is quite good. Can you find a connection to today's topic in my mug and or description of the coffee. Wow. It's a, I think it's a bit of a stretch, mm. but if I, if I can pull out a thread or two, uh -huh. you, you said that it's a, it's a coffee we've had before. Yep. So it's like a, a call back to uh -huh. something we've, We've done before, and so I, oh, I know what we're talking I feel, about. Today. I feel so seen. You're 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 tuning into the Kelvin wavelength. Yeah, yeah. So that that's probably as close as I'm going to get. So there's that, and uh, the other bit is a bit in the negative space, right? You know, it's like those uh, optical illusion things in the psychology textbooks. Of is it a young lady with her hair up and a hat, or is it an older lady with her? hair down, I mean, what is it? So in the negative space here is, um, there's a bit of a human element in the uh, the craft roasting on the Davis farm and Dolly Parton, uh, what would Dolly do? Human element, we want more of that, that's important, even though we are talking today about artificial intelligence. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. You know, it's ironically, there is an AI image generator named Dolly. Mm hmm. That That's true. Not to be confused with Wally. You know, that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a Disney right. problem. Yeah. That's right. And I am a huge Dolly Parton fan. There's nobody more human than, than Dolly. I would think. Yeah. 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 All right. So cool. We are going to talk about uh, AI. And you may say, but wait a minute, Tom. Wait a Kelvin. minute, Tom. You all talked about AI just a couple of months ago. That's um, true. And that that is true. We did. But guess what? We're what? not done talking about it. <laughs> Nobody is. Nobody is. And this thing continues to evolve. And uh, I suspect if your school is anything like our schools, um, you're talking about it on campus now, too. And people are turning to you and asking questions. I was recently at the um, UPSIA uh, solar mm -hmm. conference mm -hmm. uh, done in collaboration now with DTNL up in Madison, mm -hmm. and um, I had a, a couple of minutes on the um, roundtable agenda, and I sort of asked everybody, raise your hand if people are on your campus are asking you, what are we going to do about AI? How are we mm -hmm. going to react to AI? Mm -hmm. And it was like 99% of the people in the room raised yeah. their hand. Yeah, so it's a thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think we ought to be talking about it just as much. So uh, it's going to become something of a, probably a recurring theme, much like in years past we've used uh, the Iron Triangle as sort of a framing uh, construct to talk about things. I think AI mm -hmm. will be something that, that pops its little electronic head up every once in a while. <laughs> And, yes, and uh, this it's going to be a little unusual for us because this month we have like a, a little packaged 
theme of the month. Here we're going to have, here we are at the top of the month with uh, the two of us talking about this uh, topic of generative AI. But the middle of the month episode, um, uh, right after this one, will be a guest interview-based episode in which we also talk about generative AI. Yeah, so we, we haven't done that much, if at all, where uh, we've sort of themed the month. Yeah. With the, the the one at the top of the month is kind of on a the same topic as the interview. Yeah. And I don't know, if we can get our act together, maybe we'll do that more often. It's hard. I mean that's <laughs> it is. getting our act together. I don't I don't I don't know about that. Uh, yeah. but maybe. But uh maybe a place to start is just to, you know, kind of pull that thread a little bit that you started on. There is just really continued activity across higher education regarding generative AI. I mean, we can hit some, but I mean, we're, I mean, listservs and blog postings and articles and papers and conferences and emails, <laughs> smoke signals. And um, I will, I'll give one shout out to, uh, I liked, uh, I don't know when it was, it's maybe been a month or two now. Uh, Jeff Young uh, wrote an article uh, in which he has a couple of really good turns of phrase. I know one of them he did not coin himself because he, he, uh, he, he cited his source. But the two phrases I thought were quite uh, evocative were uh, assignment makeovers and homework apocalypse, both <laughs> in relation to generative AI in higher education. Yeah, well, you know, Jeff Jeff has a has a way to turn a phrase. Um, friend of the podcast, he's been on the podcast in, mm -hmm. in the past, um, and yeah, um, you know, this this whole idea of changing your assignments, changing mm -hmm. your assessment strategies as a result mm -hmm. of AI is uh, is something everybody's sort of grappling with right now. And so the idea of assignment makeover, mm -hmm. <laughs> homework apocalypse, mm -hmm. <laughs> what a name. Mm -hmm. I um, know, I know. You know, that, I think those are, those are consistent with what everybody's sort of feeling and dealing with right now. I, and I, I don't, it doesn't feel like the ground is settled. Uh, I shared with you before we, um, before we started, an email that literally just came out today mm -hmm. as, as we're recording this in preparation for the start of our semester about, and it's very long about like stuff about AI. <laughs> and it was, it was sent from our faculty center for teaching and learning, but in it was prepared in collaboration with a lot of groups, including our group. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just a lot to take in. Mm -hmm. It is, it is a lot. And I think there are helpful um, opportunities. Like I, I found it helpful, even though I try to track this, you know, and kind of keep my fingers in trying things out personally and, and watching the headlines and, you know, popping in now and again into uh, resources. I participated, a, it must have been late May, early June, in this short course that Upsia put together, What Innovators Need to Know About Generative AI, uh, that was uh, sort of facilitated by Dr. Ray Schroeder. And, and that was really helpful. I think um, he curated a lot of resources and uh, examples and facilitated dialogue that was really, I think, uh, more than anything else, driving individuals to be thoughtfully involved, you know, kind of get, stay, stay firsthand uh, connected to uh, the affordances and the constraints of generative AI. Uh, and so a lot of, a lot of collegial dialogue. So there was a, 
you know, there was a Zoom session and an asynchronous discussion thing and resource curation. And th that kind of stuff we probably need even more of. Yeah, well, and, and Ray's a great expert on that. He He's really, he's been into it not just since ChatGPT came out, but he's been tracking this stuff for a long time and I think was well positioned to be a thought leader when you know, a year or so ago that this that this really came out widely with ChatGPT mm -hmm. 3. Um, and, you know, for what it's worth, uh, shameless plug, uh, Ray is going to be the keynote speaker for the Teaching with AI conference that we're hosting um, this week as this podcast is, is released. So sorry if you're hearing about it for the first time, it's too late. Uh, but we'll, we'll try and do this on, on a maybe a regular basis and, and I'm sure there'll be some some publications or things that, that come out as a result of it. I think it's great. Uh, it seems like everybody's kind of jumping in that bandwagon. I, I, don't, I don't mean that in a negative opportunistic sense. I just think it's, there's just a lot to do. And, and so folks are seeing uh, a need to step into a space. Like I um, signed up for this free conference that Stanford, uh, hosted and facilitated, it was a virtual conference called AIX Education Conference. Uh, and Chris Deedy was sort of the primary keynote kind of kind of person. Uh, and there's, and I think we've both uh, been sharing like little courses that we find that are free. And, and we're gonna dump a bunch of these resources in our show notes. So if you don't normally get to the show notes, uh, this episode, dear listener, you should you should go. There'll be a bunch of stuff, and you know we need to just all continue to share and curate. But the the Chris Deedy thing, I thought was uh, not unlike Ray. Uh, he stays dialed in, and he made a couple of interesting comments. That he said, uh, I didn't know this, uh, but he claimed that the first real paper about AI and and higher education came out in the early 70s. And he said by the end of the, it was predicted that by the end of the 70s, uh, faculty would just be replaced. <laughs> well, Heard that before. Yeah. That came and went, right? <laughs> yeah. And he, he was kind of so good because early in his talk, he was kind of like, he said that he has seen kind of the, the hype cycle rise and fall. Uh, he said about nine or 10 times since then. Oh, no, no. <laughs> No, never mind. And uh, he was like, I'm going to try to bring a kind of a balanced view between the the doom and gloom and the, you know, uh, ardent champion. And, and he had just real thoughtful, you know, kind of constructs and information and, and kind of reassuring voice. I, I, you know, we need folks like Ray and Chris Didi, uh just kind of bringing the, the longitudinal view. <laughs> Yeah, definitely that perspective and, and kind of don't panic, um, but also recognize that in, in some ways this is a moment and mm -hmm. it's changing things. Um, so what's what's an appropriate response? And it, and it may be that it's, um, you know, uh, dependent. It, it, the same response isn't going to be you know, appropriate for everybody, you know, to, even within an institution, depending on kind of class you're teaching or the way you, you plan to implement it. There may be one other that um, that I will mention, which is um, a course at Auburn called mm. um, Teaching with AI at Auburn. It's from the, mm. the Big EO Center. Um, and uh, I heard about it from uh, Asim Ali uh, mm. there at, at 
at Auburn, a friend of mine. And uh, I would encourage people to check that out. I, I do think it's it's open to um, to everyone if they wanted to sign up. I think it's got a nominal fee that just covers expenses. There is um, a long term shelf not courses. There, I'm trying to remember who who pointed me to this, but there is um, an open course from the University of Sydney in Australia, just called AI in Education, and it's a resource for students built by students to provide cool. ways you can use generative AI productively and responsibly as part of your learning journey. I thought that was an interesting uh, kind of an angle. You know, it's probably good for those of us in more administrative leadership roles or faculty roles to kind of see what students, speaking to students about doing things well, might say. You know, so we'll put all that stuff in the show notes. Yeah, cool. Uh, maybe the last one I'll say is that um, that if you if you have LinkedIn Learning at your school, I know a lot of schools do. Not everybody does, but those that do, there's a bunch of great like mm. kind of just intro. What is AI mm. kind of mm. courses in there that are that are worth watching? They can be as short as a couple of minutes to as long as hours, uh, depending upon the kind of course that you're taking, learning paths or something. But I've been looking at some of those as well, mm -hmm. just for my own personal knowledge. But you mentioned a moment or two ago, you know, kind of at our institutions, you know, there's a lot of context. And we were talking off mic about the fact that at each of our institutions, we're at some level of institutional dialogue and decision making and, and framing. And maybe it's useful just to kind of, I don't know, briefly share kind of like what shape that's taking at each institution. You want to say a little bit about, besides your conference, what else is happening at UCF? Yeah, sure. Um, I, you know, we're, we're trying to lean into it. And I think um, much to our provost's credit, he's, he's, he's definitely kind of, you know, leaning forward into the whole uh, notion of AI and AI across the institution. I do want to give credit to, to our colleagues at the University of Florida who've done a lot of really good work there. And we've been a little bit inspired by some of what mm. they've done. They were very early in kind of thinking about AI across the curriculum. But um, I think we're, we're right there with them um, as we're thinking about it. And, and our provost has, has charged a group to think across three dimensions when it comes mm. to AI. The first is how can AI be used in research? So mm -hmm. our institution like yours is a research one institution. Research is a big deal. How can it help? How can it help in the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the process of applying for grants and sponsored research and other kinds of things, but just across the whole research enterprise, how can AI be used to improve things? That's the first one. The second one is how can AI be used with faculty in the development and teaching of, of courses? So how can it be used in instruction? But the, in my mind, that also includes actual production of courses and the production of content. Um, but in his mind, he sort of defined it as, as teaching. So research, teaching. And then the last area is how do we teach students how to effectively use mm -hmm. it? I think it goes back to something that you were involved in even before my arrival at UCF, which was the information literacy modules. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, yeah. how can we teach students to be informationally literate? I think it's something similar here with, with mm -hmm. AI. How do we teach them how to be literate with AI, how to make effective use of it, especially in the, in the professions that they're going to be going into once they graduate? 
how what's an, a, an appropriate use, how's an effective use, because that will actually differentiate them in the marketplace if they know how to use AI and don't get um, you know steamrolled by it when they become you know a part of the workforce that is that is having to adapt to these tools just like higher education is. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good, and uh, I think it is kind of helpful. You know, when you have like a a big uh, effort at a big university to try to I, I don't know that, know that simplify is quite the right word, but to but to render pithy and clear the relationship between you know, several different constructs. Like you broke it down, like you could research, teaching student literacy, you know, kind of, you know, that's, that, that's memorable and it helps you kind of hang your, your hat on it. Um, we have sort of a similar trajectory going on here at the University of Louisville. I am uh, maybe violating a principle by getting slightly ahead of, of our provost in that um, there is in formation as we speak a, um, uh, a university committee, but I've seen a draft of the in-development charge. So I'm gonna just describe the, the current shape of that charge as it, um, as it plays out now. So it's not quite as elegant, but the, the outlines are very similar, I would say, to what, um, what you described, Tom. So there's really sort of four things rather than three. Uh, one is the articulation of a range of use cases across academics and student research. You know, rather than, you know, you said, okay, here's the research part, a range of use cases that involves uh, student research and academics more broadly. That's the first thing. The second thing is, um, and I kind of like this framing, enhancement of teaching and learning, right? And, and trying to look for and pursue enhancement rather than, uh, you know, building a fortress wall or, or something. Um, and I think there, even in the draft charge I saw, there's some examples, you know, uh, hints like personalization, stimulation of critical thinking, and so forth. Um, ethical considerations is the third uh, item, very, very important. Just an articulation, like what, wh where, what are the different directions that takes us? You know, consideration of ethics was beyond uh, just don't use it, or or it lies, or you know, or cite your sources, or you know, the, how do you flesh that out? And then finally, similar to your last point, training and support needs of faculty, students, and staff in appropriately using. So this University of Sydney course, you know, by students for students, using it well. How do we? What's needed, and how do we get there? I think. Um, I think all of that's, that's a lot. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we're talking about, like, you know, this committee that hasn't begun yet uh, producing some kind of a report that gets at that stuff, you know, sometime in the spring semester. Uh, you know, we're in the fall semester, so, we're, you know, we're talking about doing something in a handful of months. That's a lot to undertake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, good for, you know, all the schools, I think, that are, that are, you know, taking it seriously and not just sitting back and waiting to let things happen to them. Um, because, you know, that's, that's going to, you know, help shape it, I think, as much as anything else. Um, the, the, the ones that don't lean into it, I think, are at risk of, um, 
of, of potentially suffering because you're not going to be able to shape it for the institutional context that, that you mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. But it's easy for me to say because we, you know, <laughs> this is this is a cake that's still baking, right? We're mm-hmm. we're not we're not done with that task force, even though it's broad across the university mm-hmm. and they've had a number of meetings and we've had representation on it, but I'm I'm not sure that there's anything that's completely settled yet. And even as when it comes to policy and practice, I think there's just a set of if thens kind of um, to help guide faculty to make some good decisions about about the use of AI. Yeah, and as you say, boy, that's challenging when the very environment that you're trying to shape and respond to is changing constantly. Yeah, very very challenging task. To it, it's not like a, there's a canon of you know done. Uh, stuff that you're you're dealing with, it's you know constantly uh, evolving. Um, but I will maybe pull out uh, something that I heard Chris Didi say. I won't be able to summarize it well, but he talked about he had he had some kind of a sum, summary phrase around this that I don't recall right now. But he talked about there's sort of an assumption that if if things are at this state today, it's only going to get more so, and he said, you know, that's not necessarily the case. Mm. He said, you, you know, with things like artificial intelligence, you can get to a point and then other things happen. Uh, and he used as an example, I think this has been kind of widely reported, like, oh, chat GPT, whatever, gets an 80% on this test or whatever. Oh, a few months later, oh, it failed the test. And... And so the term there is like drift. You know, there can be drift in the the um, responsiveness, accuracy, you know, whatever. And and Didi just said, you know, just because you're on a trajectory doesn't necessarily mean that trajectory is going to stay uh, the way it is today. So you have to stay attuned, you know, in terms of uh, uh, knowing. How this all all fit. it's not it's not a body in motion can stays in motion. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you put me in mind of the Gartner hype cycle, right? So I feel yeah. like we're in that right now when it comes to AI, and at some point we're going to hit that trough of disillusionment, and we're gonna we're gonna have to see how it it evolves to kind of slowly become mainstream and whatever. Having said that, uh, I've I've played a little bit. Uh, with the chat GPT four mm. um, in comparison to three and it is significantly better um, from my little you know just surface level testing I can mm-hmm. only imagine somebody who really knows what they're doing can mm-hmm. can really mm-hmm. kick the tires yeah I've seen the same articles apparently chat GPT can um, can pass the freshman year at Harvard mm. and you know that ain't nothing I suppose I I, um, I can't not maybe pull out one other Didi plug. You know, he had a construct that I really liked in it, and it, and it has with it uh, a very evocative uh, simile, um, metaphor. We've talked before about, it seems like to me anyway, and I think us, that the key forward in thoughtful, responsible, use of generative AI in education is really humans in the loop, the human element, right? And Christidi, in his talk, in this conference, 
refer to intelligence augmentation. Intelligence augmentation. Like that's the, that's, that's really kind of what you're shooting for. That's kind of the a benefit, intelligence augmentation of humans. But only if humans bring more to the table, more human, more humanity. And he used words like judgment and wisdom. That's the human side. We, we have to upskill in those areas in order to partner effectively with generative AI. If we don't bring those things, then the end result will be that we de-skill, which is very interesting. And he uses this comparison for the Star Trek fans out there, um, like Star Trek The Next Generation, Captain Picard has all this experience and wisdom and humanity, and Commander Data is, you know, a, a human-looking artificial intelligence that has calculation and reckoning and facts and, and whatnot. But it's, you need the two together partnering effectively. Let, let Data do what Data does, let Picard do what Picard does, and Picard's the one in charge. That's uh, that's interesting, and it's a that's a really great framing for it. And I don't think it's I mean at a much bigger scale, and maybe was much more uh, at stake. But it's not it's a, not that far conceptually from the idea of just like the iPhone, right? So the iPhone, I've heard it referred to as sort of like a prosthetic brain, mm. and you carry it around in your pocket, and it contains the sum total of the world's knowledge that you can just look up at any point. You don't have to memorize things. You have to memorize phone numbers. I can just ask you know, my virtual assistant to call anybody in my, in my um, contacts and it just does it, right? I don't even have to do anything. And so it's still dependent upon me though to take that action to decide who I should call. Maybe mm -hmm. somebody is much better to call than someone else, <laughs> but it, it can do all of that. And, and when we think about the, um, the idea of like all of this information, I remember when these phones first kind of came out and I, you know, working in, in higher ed and, and in online learning that um, people were like, wow, you know, what's going to happen to instruction? Because all the information that you need is in your pocket right now. But it's, first of all, it's information overload. There's too much. And we still need the human, the expert to curate. And then to your point uh, about wisdom to sense make between what is mm -hmm. important and why is important and what are these connections between things mm -hmm. that maybe the the bot isn't as good at. So mm -hmm. I think that's a really interesting framing. Like how can we partner with it as mm -hmm. opposed to resist it or just use it? There's a there's a, a give and take that that we may end up evolving into. No, that's excellent. Uh, you want to try to put this plane on the runway and maybe we make a little time for a shameless plug? Sure. Um, so I think you and I both agree. Generative AI is not going anywhere in higher <laughs> nope. education. Uh, we're barely getting started with wrestling through the implementation issues necessary so that we can use it well. Yep. As online education professionals, we need to stay engaged in the institutional dialogue. Make sure you're at the table. Mm -hmm. That's right. I totally agree with that. And here's a shameless plug picking up from what we said before. This, this episode... Uh, will be filled with links, I think, to all manner of resources, some of which we've given shout-outs to. But you know what? Every episode has show notes, including links to related 
publicly available resources, available in every podcasting app or platform uh, on which you can find TopCast. There's a way to uh, to get to these uh, show note resources. Just drill down into the episode details from your app, or just go check out the public website at topcast.online.ucf.edu. It's topcast.online.ucf.edu. You know, we curate these things, and this one should be chock full of links. That'll be the new title of our <laughs> our podcast, Chock Full of Links. Chock Full of Links. Maybe that's the newsletter, Chock Full of Links. Yeah, cool. Well, there is a Chock Full of Nuts coffee. That's sort of a theme for us. That's right. right. Yeah, I doubt it's one that you drink, but that's all right. <laughs> all right. Until next time, for TopCast, I'm Tom. I'm Kelvin. See ya. See ya.